Oh, come on, can we celebrate Rick and Nate? I mean, just thank you so much. Uh, as you guys are watching this, Rick and Nate, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for going first and putting yourselves out there. Those conversations, like you said, that is what begins to shape our neighborhoods and our communities and our cities in the world. So thank you for going first in that. And to all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day. Hoping today is a, is a great day for you, that you get to be celebrated. I want you to know I'm here for you and I'm with you. I'm praying for you in fatherhood and I hope you do the same for me. Well, as far as today goes, like Kyle said, we're starting our summer series of messages titled Good News. And maybe it's just the skeptic in me, but when I hear good news, I think, how good? Like, how good are we talking? Because I got three little kids at home and they tell me they have good news all the time. Turns out most of the time, it's really not that good. Like, I got good news. Today, I spun around in a circle 17 times. I don't know what world that is good in. So what kind of news, what kind of good news are we talking about? Is this like progressive good news? Like, hey, congratulations, you saved $10 by switching your car insurance. No, like the good news that we're talking about in this series and over the summer isn't just good news that helps for a little bit or makes us feel a little bit better, but it's life-changing good news. And I think from one time or another, we've actually experienced good news like this. Good news, that it was, it was good in the moment, but immediately you thought, this changes everything moving forward. This will shape how I live my life from here on out. For example, all the fathers watching right now, you can remember having that conversation when you got the good news that you were gonna be a father. Or maybe when your baby was born and you got to hold them for the first time, you thought this is really good news, but wow, I have to change a lot. I can no longer do the dumb stuff that I have been doing up until this point. This is good news, but it's so good that it actually shapes what comes next. Maybe for you, it's, it was as you were graduating middle school, going on to high school, you're like, no, this is my time. I'm gonna start taking things seriously. It changed. Or maybe it was when you graduated from college. It was good news. Your name got mentioned. You got to walk across the stage and do that handshake, grab the diploma thing where no one knows who's going first. But then as you were standing there and before your hat could hit the ground, you were thinking, this is really good, but now everything is going to be different. Like this is the good news that we're gonna be studying this summer. And, and the thing that how we're going to do that is by looking at a book in the Bible called Philippians. And we call it a book, but it, it's really a letter written from a guy named Paul to this church in Philippi. And it's a super short letter. It's, it's four chapters, maybe three pages. You could sit down and read it this week. And I would encourage you, I'm going to encourage you to do that as we get ready for the summer. But the, the thing about this book is that it is short, but it's packed. It is jam-packed with gold, with good news for me and for you. I'm telling you, it's only like three or four pages, but the lines, the lines that are there, they're, they're what fill the sides of our coffee mugs. They're what fill our Instagram bios because they are that good of news. Like, take a look at this. 
These are just a few of the highlights that we're gonna be studying this summer. It says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. To die. Death is the thing that humanity is fearing more than anything. But in this letter, Paul says it's actually good news to die. This is absurd. And it goes on, it says, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Anyone looking for some contentment? Even content even when things don't go our way? Content even when your neighbor gets what you really wanted but you just can't get it in this season? Content when that person that is nowhere near as qualified got the job and you didn't content in all situations? That would be, that's good news. And look at this. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I mean, we are in a season right now where some strength is needed, that we wish we had a little bit more strength to move forward and to press on. He says that he has strength to do anything and everything. And then the final one here. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To live, to live with the confidence of knowing my God is going to meet every single need that I have. Like this is good news. This is a good life. So when we look at this, these kind of big lines here, that this is the life that is available for us, I don't think most of us are questioning like, if that's something that we want, I think the question becomes, how? Like, how do we get a life like that? How can we live where those things are, are true? How can we get to this point where all of those things are true about me in the way that I live? And the important thing for us to see here is that Paul, the guy that writes this letter, he not only wrote about these things, he lived them. He experienced these things. These things were true about him. And the question is, how? How, is that, how did that come to be? And the truth is, is that Paul got really, really good news that shaped his life. Paul got news that was so good that he walked away from a life of power, of respect, of authority. He handed it all down because of this good news. This good news shaped him in a way that nothing else ever could or would. And this good news is what he spent his life sharing with people. And before we can live with the benefits of the good life that God promises, we have to understand this good news. And Paul talks about it in Philippians 1 as he's kind of kicking off this letter. Look at what he says. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have given my part, you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the first time you heard it until now. Here it is. The good life the Bible promises is only possible in light of this good news. What's the good news? I think that's the, the big question. Like, tell us what it is. 
And, and I think a lot of us kind of know or maybe have a little part of it, but the word that is used for good news, the word that we see in the Bible for it is gospel, gospel. And maybe you're watching right now and you're thinking, yeah, I, I, I think I know what that word means. I, I think I understand, but, but I'm with you on, on that because gospel is one of those words that's so complex that it's been taken and kind of used for a lot of different things. So we see it come up over and over again. Like gospel, it, it's a genre of music that we see. The gospel in, in return, uh, when we're talking about salvation, meaning the gospel is what saves us. Or then you could even go and say that there's these gospels so the, force, the first four letters of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're referred to as the gospels. So is it four different gospels? Well, what does it mean for the, how is that the gospel of the salvation? How is this the gospel that we sing about? That's because it's so big and so grand that it is used in a lot of different ways. But just a side note, but just to take with us as we move forward, those, those gospels, the way we refer to them, those first four books, it's really the gospel. It's the gospel according to Matthew. It's the gospel according to John. It's the same gospel. It's the same good news that everyone is sharing. It's the same good news that we sing about in gospel music. It is the same good news that is a part of our salvation, but it's bigger than that. So no matter where you are today or what experience you have with gospel, today is about getting the full picture of it so that we can understand how good this good news really is. And let's, so let's just start there. The, the gospel, it, it does, it literally translates as, you know, good spell or, you know, good story, good news. It's, it's a really good translation for it, but it's important to understand the context of when we would see the word gospel. Usually you would see the word gospel as, as referring to very specific things like kings being announced, kingdoms, uh, war victories. There would be a gospel, right? Think of the Lion King, Rafiki holding up Simba. There is a new king that has come. Everyone loses their mind. This is really, really good news as it pertains to a king and a kingdom. Well, in the Bible, the, the gospel, this good news is actually central to the whole thing. It's the central message that we see from cover to cover. And, and, and here's the good news, that God will come near, that God will be the king of his people and God will establish his kingdom. That is this big announcement. That is the gospel. And a lot of scripture points to this, references it from one point to the next. But I think Isaiah probably captures it the best and kind of brings it all together to show how this good news is central to everything. So we're going to look at this in Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah is a prophet. And all that means is that God picked him to tell the people what he was saying. That, that Isaiah would share the good news of God with all of the people. So what we're gonna read is what God gave this guy Isaiah to say, referring to the good news. Isaiah chapter 40, verse nine. It says, O Zion, messenger of good news, 
Shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the town of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. Like the celebration would have been cooking at this point. I'm talking like after the game, in the locker room, holding, kissing the gold trophy, champagne in your, in, in your eyes. Everyone is losing their mind. Like this is good news. God is drawing near. His strong arm is gonna come, whatever that means, but it sounds really cool. This is gonna be great. When? And what is it going to look like when he comes? That's what people are waiting for because they see it. God is coming. What's it gonna look like? And maybe as you're hearing that, you could picture if this God of creation, the God that created everything was going to come near, what would that look like? How powerful would that be? I mean, we can picture it. They could probably have pictured it too. But then Isaiah goes on to share that God gives him exactly what it's going to look like when he draws near. And no one would have seen this coming. But this is the good news. Isaiah 53 says he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. Now, if you could picture this moment, as Isaiah is sharing this, God is coming near. The strong arm of the Lord is coming. Everyone is celebrating. They're shouting it from the rooftops. Everyone is just clapping, losing their minds. And then Isaiah comes back out and he says, hey, this is what it's gonna look like. He's going to be oppressed and he's gonna be condemned and he's gonna be struck and down. And he's gonna be buried like a criminal. And you could just see the, the claps just like slowly dying down and like everyone looking around like, I thought this was good news. I thought this was about God coming near. This does not sound good. This doesn't even sound like God is actually winning. What are you talking about? How is this good news for me? How's this good news for us? And God says, I know that it doesn't sound like it. I know that it probably doesn't even feel like it or you may not understand exactly, but trust me, this is what it's going to look like when I come and it is gonna be good news. It's gonna be the best news when I draw near, even if it doesn't sound good to you. And I wanna finish up in Isaiah 61 because it goes on and, and what's said in Isaiah 61 is really the bridge that, that connects everything, that shows that this good news is central. This good news is what starts from the beginning and goes all the way through the life of Jesus. Look at this, Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. 
For the Lord has anointed me to bring what? To bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. What this is, what God's been doing the whole time is giving a very detailed and filled with details account of what this is going to look like when I come near, of what it will look like when I, when I show up, what I'm gonna go through, and then what I'm gonna do and what that means when I get there. He lays it all out there that this is the good news. Your God is coming near. They get this message and then they get silence. It wasn't like they got this, this good news message and then the next day they were met with this king that was coming that was gonna set the captives free. No, it was silence for years and years and generations and generations and generations, silence. When is this king coming? When is he going to draw near? And then we see Jesus. Jesus steps on the scene. And to make it painfully clear that he is the one that God is talking about, look at how he kicks off his ministry. In Luke chapter four, verse 16, this, this is Jesus. It says, when he, Jesus, came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet, what we just read, was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes are on him in the synagogue. Everyone looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. What Jesus did in this moment is he said that, that good news that you've been waiting for, that good news that we've always been talking about, that good news of God drawing near. I am God drawing near. This is what it looks like. I'm the one that has come to bring good news to the poor, to the spiritually poor, to those that are distant from God. Jesus said, yeah, that is me. Jesus said, I'm here so that the captives can be released, so that the blind can see. I'm here to bring all of the promises to, of God to life. I'm the one that is gonna bring flesh to this. Can we celebrate Jesus in this moment? Can we celebrate who God is, what he came to do, that he would stand in this place, in this synagogue and say, hey, look, I am the good news. I'm the one that's gonna come in and shape everything. I'm the, gonna be the one that sets you free, that Jesus is the one that does it all. Can we celebrate him right now? This is Jesus. And this is the gospel. They are one in the same. This is the gospel. The good news is the life, the death, 
the resurrection and kingship of Jesus. And there is no better news because there is no better king. This is what Jesus came to bring. This good news is what he left heaven to bring to us to fulfill. Because God said this would happen. Jesus came and moved it from good news is coming to good news is here. This is why we have our Bibles. This is why we have the four accounts of the gospel. It's all pointing to this good news that Jesus has come to tell us all the things that he would do so that we could believe and so that we could have the life that he wants for us. That's why they're written. John makes it overly clear. This is why he wrote the account of Jesus's life. He says, these, these are written, these accounts are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. You see, our faith is formed. Our faith begins and ends with this good news. What's the good news that we have to hear? Hearing is how we get it. Hearing is what brings it to life. Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. So what is it? What is this good news? The good news is how Jesus did what God promised he would do in Isaiah. It's how he would set the captives and the prisoners free. It's how he would heal the brokenhearted. It's how he would bring the good news to the poor. And there was only one way to make this possible. There was only one way to bring this good news and to make it true for me and you. In Romans 1, verses 3 and 4, lay it out of what that looked like for God to do this, to bring this good news. It says, the good news is about his son. And in his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God. And when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the good news. This is what Jesus came to bring. That God would bring himself here through the line of David, meaning he would become a man, that he would wrap himself in skin and bones, that the way that he could come to set us free, the way that he would draw near is to become like us, to experience everything. But where we fell short, where we sinned, where we didn't hit the mark, Jesus would live perfectly. And with that perfect life, he would take it to the cross and he would offer it as a sacrifice. He would take our place. He would take the death that we deserved and he would carry that. He would take all of our sin with him and he would go to a Roman cross and be murdered for us. And then when he was taken off of that cross, just like God said in Isaiah, he would be buried in a rich man's tomb. And that is where Jesus was put for three days 
until by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus rose. The good news, the gospel is here. Jesus rose, defeating death, showing that's why you don't have to be afraid of anything, showing that that is why we can have strength in, with anything that we face, because he is not only king over this world, he's king over heaven, he's king over everything. And he came back on this side to say that the grave was borrowed. Death has been defeated. This is the good news. Now take it and share it with everyone that you ever meet, because this is what changes everything. That this good news, that this gospel that Jesus died to give us, that it brings us to a decision that before we can have any of the benefits of his kingdom, we have to accept him as king in his way of life as the one that we're chasing. And if you're watching today and you want to respond to that, that if you believe that Jesus is who he said he is, if you believe that everything that you feel that is missing in your heart, it's because God isn't there and you believe that he went to a cross for you and you believe that he paid the penalty for your sins, you can respond to this good news and experience the life that he has for you today. You can go to tpcc.org slash prayer. Someone from our team will follow up with you and talk about what it looks like to accept this good news and to live like it's true. And for all of us, as we jump into this series, because I know there's so many people right now who are experiencing so many new emotions, people that are, that are losing faith, people that are, that are letting the good news of Jesus kind of fall down and be something that's in the distance. And there's all kinds of things that are coming up, just pain and hatred and anger and all of these things. And the good news is getting lower and lower and lower. So what I wanna give us is, is just a few questions, a few questions for how we can respond moving forward. Because this good news is so good. This good news does change everything. And because of that, we have to live accordingly. That we are no longer the kings of our life. We are no longer the queens of our lives. But if God is who he said he is, and this gospel means he's king and he's come to establish his kingdom, then let's live like that is true. So I just, I just have a few questions for us to, to kind of talk about this week in groups or with your friends and with your family. And here they are. Where are you getting your news? Where are you getting your news? There is no shortage of news. It is 24 seven. It's on Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's on every news station. It is constantly being put in front of us. Where are you getting your news? Because like Romans says, faith comes from hearing. So what we hear is what we will believe. It's what we will begin to trust in. It's what we will take as truth. What are you hearing? What is it that you're taking in? So what I want to say is, is, is to just be informed by whatever news that you accept to allow to bring in, but make sure that your identity is being formed by the good news of Jesus. Where are you getting your news? Because God 
has made it clear that the way that we hear from him is to read his word. That's why it's written. It's sharing his good news. It's showing what it is. It's being reminded of it. And it's showing that now because of that, these things can be true, that we can experience all this, but we have to be hearing about his good news daily. I mean, Brockett is an incredible preacher, but if we are living off of the good news that he shares for 30 minutes on a Sunday, we are gonna come up short every single day and other news is gonna take over. But we get the opportunity because of all that Jesus has done, because what God has given us in his word that we can wake up with these new mercies every single day. Where are you getting your news? And the second thing that kind of as you're going into God's word, maybe you're studying it for the first time or if you've been studying it for a while, I just wanna ask this question. Am I approaching God's word as news or advice? Am I approaching God's word as news or advice? And I think what we've seen here is that God's word is primarily news. This is, this is what it is. The problem with going to it for advice is that that's not the option that we get. What we get is, hey, the king has come. The kingdom is here. You are invited to be a citizen of this kingdom. And then here's what it looks like to live here. This is the news that shapes our life. It's not something that we can just go to or Google whenever we want a, a tip here or how to process or how to navigate this thing, but to completely put ourselves under it and say, because it's true, because this good news is true, I'm gonna let that be what I line my life to. I mean, think about it like this. Uh, the news uh, has a weather section, like, right? The weather is news. Now, the weather, does not, the weather forecast does not give us advice the weather just tells us this is the news. This is what it is here. This is the reality where you are. This is the temperature. This is if it's gonna rain or not. And then from there, we shape how we live. From that news, we say, okay, I'm gonna wear this. I'm not gonna wear this. I'm gonna plan an outdoor workout or an indoor workout. I'm gonna bring an umbrella. I'm not gonna bring an umbrella. This news shapes how we Live. That is the way that we need to come to God's word and to allow it to shape us as the news that it is, not the advice that we can pick or choose. And finally, I want to I send us out with how Paul starts the letter. That if you notice that when, when he talks about the good news with them, he, he mentions them as partners in spreading the good news about Christ. You see, when we talk about understanding this good news and we talk about living as if it's true, what we see from every single account is that it is so good that it has to be shared. It's so good that it, that it, it has to be what I talk about. It's so good and, and I want it for you so badly that, it, that it's gonna come out. So what I wanna ask us is that as we go into this summer season, Let's be partners in spreading the good news about Jesus. And I know you're saying, I don't even know all the things. I, I just got rolling, but now you know enough. You know what the good news is, that it's about Jesus's life, death, resurrection, and kingship. 
and you know how Jesus has intersected with you, how that good news has changed your life, share that. That is what it means to partner with the good news. That is what it means to share it. It's not just inviting someone to come check out a service. That's great. But to bring that up in conversation and to be able to share this good news, that's why it's here to be able to bring it to the people that we are surrounded with, to have conversations. Let's partner in this. And I just wanna ask you to come back. Today was all about the good news that comes from Jesus, how it's the story of the Bible and how it's been unfolded in Jesus how our king is here, how we have everything that we will ever need, that he will give us strength, that he will give us contentment. Everything that he has for us is on the other side of this good news. And that's what we're gonna be studying this summer in the book of Philippians. So I just wanna encourage you to come back next week as we dive deeper into this book. But what I wanna do right now is just pray for all of us. Pray that we could hear the good news. Pray that we could hear who Jesus is and that that would change everything about us and how we move forward. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the good news that you would draw near. God, we thank you, even though it looked way different than what we thought it would, it was the only way. And God, we thank you it's so good. It's the best news. God, thank you. Thank you for dealing with our sins. Thank you for paying our debts. Thank you for releasing us and freeing us. Thank you for coming. God, I pray that this good news shapes us. I pray that we learn to live as citizens of heaven on earth today, not one day when we die, but right now. To live is Christ. To live is to live for you. To live is to share your gospel. So God, we pray. We pray that this good news could be heard. God, we pray that as we go about our, our weeks, that we would just start with your word and we would hear from you that that would be what forms us. That is where our identity comes from. We don't let anything else tell us who we are or where we're going or what we should do. We are formed by your word and we follow you. Jesus, we love you. It's in your perfect name that we pray, amen.